Yeah, you guys are good. Yep, go ahead. All right, cool. So, Ben, just so you know, there are not 4,000 people listening to the podcast right now. So, it's a small audience of probably just like maybe 3,500 or something. (laughs) uh, Welcome. Thank you for coming to uh, the podcast Insurance You Indemnify Me. This is our first remote one. So, thank you for putting up with our technological difficulties as we do this. Uh, but, uh, But thanks, and thank you for coming on board. We appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I don't know if you're going to put some outtakes of you trying to get the video ready, but that might be entertaining, and I'm sure a lot of people would laugh at <laughs> yeah, you. Right. So. Yeah, right, uh, and probably humiliating for me, too, so uh, <laughs> probably not. Um, so, Ben, we should start with who is Ben Wilhelm? Uh, nationwide AVP, right? Uh, just mm-hmm. give me give me the whole Ben backstory. How did you get into insurance? Why are you in insurance? Why are you still in insurance? Because it's kind of a dorky industry. And uh, tell me, tell me everything that you you want to tell me about Ben. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and you can kind of keep asking me questions. This I can ramble on from time to time. So, sure. especially uh, uh, telling my life story. But uh, no, I'm the AVP of Sales for what's called our West Central Regional Office, with a focus on personal okay. lines and farm. Uh, we do handle some life as well through up through uh, my team. Um, field-based associates, our, our West Central team is, is Colorado, Wyoming, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Kansas, okay. Nebraska, okay. and the Dakotas. So did you get that? It's eight states. Um, yeah. When did you pick up those other ones, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, and the Dakotas? I didn't know you had picked those up. End of year, end of the year. We did a little restructure okay. and kind of changed how that looked from a, from a personal line standpoint. So I added. Oh, yeah, I do remember restructuring. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. So I've been with the company 23 years now. Uh, oh, my. Started, yeah. So 23 years started right out of college. Um, it started in claims, uh, went into underwriting, and then got into sales probably. 10 to 12 years ago uh, from that mm-hmm. standpoint. So I've been, uh, I've lived in Des Moines, Iowa, lived in Wisconsin, um, Denver, a uh, great place to live and, and handled the Northwest. Mm-hmm. And I've been down here in Scottsdale for about six years, um, running kind of a, helping run our West Central, our Southwest office and now our West Central office. But you've been down in Scottsdale for six years six now? Years. It's been six years? Mm hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) It feels like it literally feels like a year ago when you guys were like, Hey, we're shutting down the Colorado or the Denver office and we're all moving down to Scottsdale. That literally feels like it was a year ago. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I think Kelsey just asked what I was doing this weekend um, while we were um, getting ready and checking the audio and stuff. And I just told her that you know, my daughter just finished her freshman year of college, the oldest, and um, I thought I, I heard that. to get her, bring, yeah, bring her home this weekend. And so when I moved to Arizona, she was going into eighth grade. So that's always my guide of how long have I been there? And oh my gosh. So, yeah. And now she just finished her freshman year of college. So super excited to go get her. Um, she wow. doesn't want to go into insurance, strangely enough. She wants to do other things. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I grew up just dying to get into insurance like you, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny is uh, when I was a little kid, if you had asked me when I was a, when I was little, my dad told me how to answer this question. So I was like five years old and my dad would say in front of people, he'd say, what do you want to do when you grow up, Sean? And I would always say, I want to be the CEO of Disney. And and that was my answer. Like that was my canned answer is uh, I want to be the CEO of Disney. And of course I was just regurgitating what my parents wanted me to say. But uh, anytime anybody ever asked me what I wanted to do with my career when I was growing up, uh, my canned response was, I want to be the CEO of Disney. 
uh, not a rocket scientist or a, or an astronaut or anything like that. It was just always uh, I I want to be Mickey Mouse's boss. So uh, that was that was my canned response. So what did you want to do when you were growing up, Ben? Uh, well, the CEO at Disney. It, it wasn't be a claims adjuster, right? Yeah, yeah. I probably wanted to be a baseball player. That's probably you know okay. one of the sports or something in sports and. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a town of 600 uh, in eastern Iowa, a town called Blairstown, Iowa. Yeah, all through growing up, it said there were 613 people in the town. Um, my mom still lives there, so go back there very frequently. And the sign wow. still says 613, so I don't know that. Uh, I, I doubt it's still the same, but the population <laughs> keeps changing. Um, they you didn't know, so for you leaving. No, not at all. So, uh, but I grew up the youngest of five. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents had four kids in five years. Then I came 11 years later. Um, So kind of a, a surprise kid and um, but no, well, that I, explains I a lot about you, actually. Don't discipline him at all. Exactly. Just, just let him do whatever he, he wants. Die. Yeah, exactly. And it, growing up in a small town, you couldn't get into too much trouble. But no, then went to college and, and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Something in business kind of wanted to get into accounting, yeah. but the change to, to marketing and management because I was worried I wouldn't get to talk to people in accounting and um, <laughs> you know, started to do that and had, uh, you know, worked my way through college and, and interned at a bank in, in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Thought I kind of wanted to go into banking. And I actually was at a career fair. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a couple of family members who kind of worked in the insurance industry on the company side, claims and different things. And yeah. Career Fair mm-hmm. started talking to some people. They had some, uh, some, I guess, newer employees at the organization. It was Allied Insurance at the time, the independent mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. nationwide. And just went and then uh, they said, you should come for an interview. So I went for an interview, um, still finishing up college. And I remember I interviewed with, uh, with one of the leaders. It was a leader of claims. And you always mm-hmm. have that moment that kind of changes the course of your life. And th- it kind of did because I didn't know what they did. I didn't know what I was going into and yeah. interviewed with him. He's now retired, a great leader at our organization. And I remember, what do you do when you're 22 and you get done with an interview? You call your parents, right? So I call my parents right. when I get done with it. And they're like, well, how was the interview? I was like, I have no idea. I said, I don't know if I did good. I don't know what they do there, but if that guy would have thrown a chair out the window, I would have followed him and said, let's go get it. And uh, <laughs> I kind of changed my, you know, it changed my opinion. It, I was just in, and I was back on that moment and say, man, that was influential in my life. And not sure he even knows that. <laughs> was that influential? But yeah. it, it just kind of, it's kind of been my leadership style as well. I've always, you know, I've always said, I want to make that impact. I want people to, to, on my team or people want to join the team because they want, they see that passion and just positivity and enjoyment and laughter that we can have on a team and, and have a lot of fun with, with anything you do. So that kind of how I got into insurance, um, started right out of college. And, and like I said, worked in claims for a few years. Um, that was, that was probably, that's an eye opening experience for a 22 year old kid, you know, I bet. Yeah. Give you a car and a bunch of paper files back then and a fold up ladder. And, you know, you would handle a fatality claim, a car claim, a a roof claim. And so it was just a, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, it was, a it was hard, but it was a lot of fun. And, you know, and, and from there just went over to underwriting and and then got into sales. So that's kind of my um, story and it's all been with Nationwide. Um, all yeah. pretty much been on the independent side of Nationwide. Um, I've always worked with the independent channel all 23 years. Um, a little bit uh, dabbled in our exclusive side, um, but while I was handling the independents as well. Yeah. 
Um, you know what's funny that you say that is uh, a couple stories popped up into my head. So you you mentioned your first interview with uh, with Allied at the time as a claims adjuster, and and how I, I assume how well that interview went. Um, I remember when I, so I was, I was working at an independent insurance agency in Salt Lake City, Utah. And, uh, and I went and had my first interview with an insurance carrier and I won't say which carrier it was, but uh, they flew me to their headquarters and, and we had this really, well, I was interviewing for some reason there was a, I had interviewed with local leaders, you know, local regional managers or whatever in the state of Utah, and they flew me out to a state. I won't say what state; they'll give it away. But uh, uh, whoever, like the the regional AVP was in the structure, was missing in the structure at the moment in time because they 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 needed to hire that person or whatever. So they had me interview with like the VP of sales or some some significant person in the organization. And, uh, and I was just a kid <laughs> I had just graduated from college and I had this really great resume because I've been working in an insurance agency for a long time. So I knew a lot of stuff and I knew their systems inside and out. I knew their competitor systems inside and out. I could interview, uh, arguably pretty well, but, uh, but the, I think the weight of the person that I was interviewing with, I let it get to me and it was hands down like the most embarrassing interview I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. It was horrible. And I remember leaving there and getting there. This was before Uber. So I remember getting a, oh, I had a rental car. So I took the rental car back to the airport and my wife's like, how did it go? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I guarantee you that went so bad. It will <laughs> never, I will never get a job with that organization. It was really, 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 really bad. And, uh, and then I got a job with another insurance company and I got better, I guess at my interview skills. So it got much better, but, uh, it was so what was, it was really what bad. did you do that was so bad? What did you, I, was don't, it just... I, I would love to tell you the answers to, <laughs> I would love to answer that question. Um, I, you know, that was, so that was at least 16 years ago. I don't even remember at this point. I just remember sitting there going, this is horrible. I'm answering the questions all wrong. This person is a senior level person at this organization. I am, uh, I'm, uh, I was not prepared for this. I wasn't appropriately caffeinated and, uh, and boy, oh boy, oh boy. It just was, it was horrible. It was horrible to this day. I still kind of like go, wow, that was so so bad how did you go into that so ill-prepared so um so i was thinking about that so uh, tell me about claims so i was also thinking while you were telling your claim story or at least getting started in claims um i i personally think and, and you you tell me if you agree with this but i personally think that insurance agents that uh that used to be claims adjusters are just incredibly powerful insurance agents i i i see these agents that spent two or three years doing the claims like you did. And, uh, and although it's a really hard place to start in the industry, I think I've heard at least I didn't start in claims, but, uh, I think it gives you this, um, this foundation of, of what insurance is and how the coverages actually come to fruition when things start paying out and what the process looks like. I just know that some insurance agents, when they've actually gotten on the roof and they know what hail damage looks like, or when they have a client call and the client says, hey, my two-year-old clogged the toilet with a ton of toilet paper and then flushed the toilet. And then we went on vacation and the house is full of water. Um, and, and that insurance agent is going, I've, I've adjusted a claim just like this before. Let me tell you how this is kind of going to go and what's going to happen here. 
I find that the insurance agent uh, comes to the equation with with much more to offer than just uh, you know your everyday insurance agent. So tell me how you think your your claims years prepared you for the rest of the success that you've had in your career. Oh man, I, that is a great call out, and I agree with you. It 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 was it was just a. It, it's a great experience. Um, it, it really, I always, I think one of the things you asked is why do you stay? And I stay because yeah. of yeah. all the great, I mean, we do so many great things in this industry from a company side, from an agent side. Um, and getting to deliver on that promise is all we do. We sell a promise and we deliver on that promise. And I got to do that at such a young age. And you yeah. learn how to go and meet and build a relationship with somebody who probably just had one of the worst things they've ever happened happen in their life. Um, they yeah. got in a car wreck or you know, their house and, um, and, and they're on edge and, and they're, they don't know what to do and they're confused and different things. So it just prepared me to have a little bit of empathy for every situation. Um, it prepared me when you're dealing with the end customer. It prepared me to kind of think for my current role. I get a, I get to know what an agent yeah. goes customer calls because it's the side of our business that we talk to the customer directly. Um, yeah. And it just taught me to say, okay, take a step back, listen. Um, figure out what they're trying to tell you because you need to do all that from an investigative standpoint, from a coverage standpoint. It just prepared me for so many things. And um, it was just a great experience. I love it. I love my time there. I got still some of my best stories ever from claims. Um, I bet. So I want to hear one of those. I mean, if if you think you can say, if you think you can, I mean, obviously no names and all that kind of stuff, but if you think you can give me your best claim story, I would love to hear it. Okay. I'll give you my best claim story. So I was with, uh, I was, it was my first ever back then, uh, you did everything. So we did, went on storm duties and things like that. And, uh, you know, we're going to handle a claim and I'm kind of getting mentored a little bit by a a claims guy talking to this is my first storm duty. So he's kind of walking me Mm -hmm. through what you do. So I was going to ride with him on three claims and then I could go do them myself because I understood everything, but it was just making sure, Sure. you know, what it's like in a storm situation. And so the very first house of the day, um, we, we call, uh, nobody answered the door. So we called, um, and, uh, a lady answered and we talked to her, said, we're here from the insurance company. Um, she said, yeah, my husband works third shift. He's sleeping. Feel free to get up on the roof. Um, everything will be fine. And then if you want, you can just call me after and we can discuss what you found and things like that. Sure. And so we get out the ladder, we climb up. It's just a ranch home, just a normal little ranch home in Southern Illinois. And uh, we're looking at it and measuring it and and talking through it. And all of a sudden I hear a shotgun cock and I hear, who are you and what are you doing on my roof? And I literally am 22 years old. I was off the roof. I, I literally is contemplating. Can I get out? Can I, can I jump off the roof? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's only a ranch home. We could, we're only 10 feet high. I could probably jump. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, the, the guy who's with, obviously he had been through the wars of it. So he turned around and said, Hey, oh. sir, uh, we talked to your wife. She said you were sleeping, gave us the clearance to get on your roof. We're from the insurance company. He's like, Oh my God. The, guy was so sorry you could just tell he was scared out of his mind woke up from a sleep didn't know what was going on and then all of a sudden oh, went man. to this panic mode of what did i just do but it ended up being great it was one of my favorite stories and it was one of the first claims i ever handled and i'll tell you That's what funny. that scared me to death yeah it scared me to death and we That's got down funny. and had a had a great conversation and took care of the customer and, and we actually got a thank you from the customer about the service and everything we did so early on got to do that but that's probably one of my 
craziest stories. Um, and it was early on, but there's so many, you know, one of the things that uh, you kind of asked me in that first question, I never really answered and you're, why do you yeah. stay? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it just, in a, it just people, man. Um, you know, it's just the people we get to deal with the team I get to work with every day. My team's awesome. Um, it's yeah. fun to learn from them and it's fun to the relationships with agencies. Uh, you know, you think about the, the, and you had them, you were on the company side and, you know, on the agency side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's why we do this. And, and it's, it, but at the end, it's taking care of the customer, you know, all the, yeah. and, and not just the customer from a claim standpoint, Everybody, I mean, everything we do in the industry, I kind of brought it up a little bit from a charitable, you know, foundation work. And you know, I was just on mm-hmm. one of our, um, we did a national volunteer of the year internally yesterday, and I got to watch that. Yeah. And, you know, the th- stuff we've done with Nationwide Children's Hospital, the stuff our agents do in their communities every day that we get to be a part of and, and learn from and watch. It's just a really cool industry to be in. And if you, it, it's kind of fun too. So there's a lot of good stories from it and it's a lot of fun, but um, you know, why do I stay and why is it, I think you, you asked Foxy. Um, you yeah, know, it yeah. is because of it's fun <laughs> and the relationships and the people, you know, it brought me yeah. to get to know people like you and it's just a really cool thing. Yeah, so let me give you just a, uh, I want to ask, a, I just kind of want to prepare you for this line of questioning that's coming. So just to mentally okay. think about this. So okay. um, next one, I, I want to hear about your transition from claims to underwriting and how underwriting became beneficial to your career as well. Then after that, I want to go into kind of like a shameless commercial for Nationwide and be like, why is Nationwide such a great place to work? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to bleed into that and uh, and uh, and then... And then uh, we'll go from there. So, so let's just go to the, the next question. So claims into underwriting. Um, tell me about how that transitioned and, and, and how that's working out. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, I was at that point in my career that I was like in claims. I'm like, what do I want to do with my career? Do I want to continue down the claims path? Do I want to kind of venture out, um, try something different? And I actually had a leader Mm -hmm. that made, uh, said to me, don't be afraid to take a chance uh, or step back to take a step forward. And he was just telling me that it's okay to go over there and learn, even though you're not going to know what you're doing. And I went over there and man, it was, you know, one of the questions I'll never forget that interview. One of the last questions they asked me is, you know, have, have you ever had to deliver a no? Um, has it, you know, have you ever had to told somebody an uncomfortable no? Um, and I'm like, well, I'm in claims right now. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. All conver- yeah, this is, yeah. I, you know, don't, you know, you, you have to have tough conversations all the time and, sure, and sure. it's a, it's a, it, it's a, um, from that standpoint, but what it taught me was, uh, just, there's so much more to this world. It taught me what, yeah. uh, you know, what it meant to, um, be profitable, what it meant to write good business, what it meant to look at data and figure out if it's the right thing to do it. It, um, um, let me learn that not all agents are created equal in the independent world. You know, every one of them yeah. has different business models and different focuses and, and different relationships. Um, it, it taught me um, really how to analyze a business and, and you run your territory like your own territory um, from a relationship standpoint to a profit standpoint to a growth standpoint and just overall um, kind of the internal workings of the organization. And yeah. it really prepared me. Um, you know, you talked about claims being a great learning ground for agents. Uh, I know a lot of great agencies that are great agents that started in underwriting as well. And yep. they understand yep. both sides of it, right? And so it's fun to watch them, um, watch them be an agent and watch them commute. They have the best relationships with our underwriters because yeah. they understand yeah. that, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a tough conversation at times. But 
you know what? Underwriting, um, it was probably my favorite job being just a, a desk underwriter. Really? I have the best relationships from that job. Uh, really? You talk, to agent, you talk to agents more than sales guys do. They talk to agents more than yeah. anybody does. So, yeah. you know, I would, there are certain agents you talk to two, three times a day. And especially back then, yeah. there was less, less technology. You know, sure. it was I am. You know, we didn't, everything didn't get automated and stuff like that. So they pretty much. Yeah, because you're what, like 42 now? <laughs> uh, no, I actually turned 46 <laughs> So I'm oh wow! Old, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it really taught uh, the relationships aspects of it, and just some great friendships that you build. Um, and from that standpoint, so if there's anything I could encourage agents to do, you know, really get to know your underwriters. Um, and I always encourage our underwriters to get to know your agencies and get to yeah. know what they're trying to accomplish. And it's it's a fun job. It really prepared me for a lot of things. You know, it's it's funny because on uh, like you know, there's these big Facebook groups where a bunch of insurance agents hang out, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's you know, arguably, supposedly just insurance agents. So sometimes they get quite irreverent because they know that uh, the company people are in these insurance groups, and uh, and they'll post pictures, uh, you know, funny pictures of like underwriters saying no, ha 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 ha, I got to say no today or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's always tricky, you know. It's uh, I think underwriters. Um, get a bad rap sometimes as being the folks that have to say no. But, you know, quite frankly, I sometimes wonder if the agents aren't uh, playing a significant enough role in their, in their role in field underwriting. Right. And, and so mm-hmm. I, I, let me just ask you this question. It's kind of a tricky question, but uh, as long as we're on the topic of underwriting, let's, let's ask, are, are agents salespeople or are they field underwriters? They're both, I would say. Um, they're yeah. both. Um, you know, I look at them as I think the best ones are both. Um, yeah. You know, they they are they they know what an underwriter is going to ask. They know what information they yeah. need. They. Yeah. I think the best agents protect their book from a profitability standpoint because yeah. that helps the company with stability. That helps our customer with stability. Um, they have to be both and they have to be our eyes. We trust in the, ins- in the independent world. We trust our agencies and we trust them yeah. to do that for us and trust them to help answer questions for us. So I believe they have to be both. Um, they have to yeah. be well-rounded in that aspect and that'll help them with their seller customer as well. So if they have that knowledge yeah. of the policy or they have that knowledge of underwriting or what you would look for and, and it's ask the question, do you get information less around what um, kind of a gotcha moment and more around, uh, hey, you know, th- have you ever thought about this? And it's a selling point. It sets them apart right. from their competition. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, what I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. They got to be both. They got to be both, especially, I mean, they've got to be both all the time, but especially with their partner carriers, right? So if you say, okay, Nationwide's a partner carrier, uh, I think this is one thing where a, um, where an agent can say to a partner carrier nationwide, you're a partner carrier because you're a partner carrier. I want to understand exactly what your appetite is, exactly what your underwriters are looking for, exactly what you feel is profitable so that I can bring that to you as frequently as I possibly can. Right. And, uh, and then maybe the lack thereof, if there was a, a lack of partnership with say another carrier, ABC insurance carrier, um, maybe that's one of the, the tactile benefits of, of a partnership, right? Where I have a partnership, every single piece of business I bring to the partnership, I know is going to be, uh, or at least to the best of my knowledge, is going to be a profitable piece of business. And I'm going to field underwrite it, uh, you know, to maybe a a more extreme degree because I love my partner care and I want to make sure I take care of my partner carrier. 
mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah. it's, it's definitely both. The funny thing, though, is I think if you were to ask an insurance agent, Ben, I think our answer, I think if we, you and I were to go like, um, you know, uh, survey 5,000 insurance agents, they would say, oh, first and foremost, my job is to be a sales guy. You know, my job is to uh, hunt and bring the, the kill to the table and say, here you go nationwide. This is what I've brought to the table for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, which, which I think is, you know, I, I sometimes find that to be incredibly unfortunate. I think agents oftentimes don't, uh, think about, uh, the long-term impact of, of being specifically a salesperson versus a salesperson that is really good at field underwriting. And so, um, because there is a long-term impact of just being a salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to bring to the equation the ability to field underwrite and say, this is not good for my partner carrier. And uh, and so I'm not going to do it. So, um, so let me ask you, let's transition into uh, how, how let, let's do a shameless plug for Nationwide. How great is Nationwide? You've been there for 23 years. How, how marvelous has it been to work there for 23 years? Yeah, no, I love the company. Um, you know, it's it's given me and my family everything, you know, we have um, been supportive. And um, just to kind of give you an indication of what, you know, what the company means to me, and this is a story yeah. uh, more about, you know, getting ready to show us um, the tattoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll show you what the company means to me. Yeah. Look at my bicep. Yeah, and yeah. go ahead and sell some smart miles for us as well there as I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, just to give you an it's just a caring company. It's a very large company, um, Fortune yeah. you know, 100 company um, that, that I feel like has always cared about me. So, and always cared yeah. about our associates and I could give a few examples and I will, but you know, for me personally, we always talk about our mission moments that matter. And for me, um, internally with us, uh, you know, I, I remember I was getting ready to move to Wisconsin, um, and, and take the sales role, my first role in sales. And, yeah. uh, my dad suddenly, I'm literally moving the next week and my dad, um, has a heart attack, um, gets airlifted to the uh, hospital, um, wow. don't know if he's going to make it. And I remember calling my boss at the time and I just said, Hey, and he said, don't worry about it. Um, don't worry about moving. Don't worry about calling your agents. Don't worry about anything. We got this. Um, and I drove from Des Moines to Eastern Iowa, got to the hospital. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, within probably two hours, I had calls from leaders saying, hang in there. Uh, I had an underwriter that didn't even handle the territory anymore, but used to handle it and had good relationships, left me a voicemail Mm -hmm. and that underwriter is now an agent um, in the Midwest. So, uh, you know, probably has some, probably a good agent, um, but called me and left me a message and said, Hey, I heard about your dad. I know all those agencies. Um, I sent out an email to all of them and said, Hey, uh, reach out to me if you need anything over the next week, just so I could help take care of it. So you didn't have to, and I'm brand new to the territory. And that, to me, that's, that, 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 that shows the company and, and shows yeah. what, you know, this is this huge company that cared enough to, to all step up and help. And we see those examples every day. Uh, we yeah. see it with agents every day, do the same thing. But that, that for me is, is one of the greatest things about the organization. And it's all around the people of the organization. Um, the other yeah. example is we're, we're this huge company. And, uh, but yet if, you know, as we kind of went through just what you guys all went through when COVID hit, how quickly it hit and what do we do? I mean, I remember talking to agents going, I don't know what we're going to do. And literally within yeah. 48, 72 hours, we went from, we're probably going to go, you know, work from home over three weeks, four weeks within 48 hours. 
we moved 33,000 people working out of their yeah. homes in less than two days, basically. And agencies yeah. did the same thing. And we did it. And they literally watching our leaders take calls or take questions live without screening them and answering them honestly. And some of them saying, I don't know, we're figuring it out was the coolest yeah. thing ever. And um, yeah. it's, it's hard to be real as a big organization. I just feel like we're real. And I feel like we want to partner. Partnerships matter to us. The customer matters to us. Um, and I feel like our employees matter. And the number one thing on my team is, you know, we talk about it all the time. Our team is number, you know, number one. Our agents are number one. Our customers are number one. And we're, it's all yeah. together. There isn't this one's, you know, one's more important than the other. It's, you know, it's, it's our mission. And, you know, our mission is simple. Um, it's to protect people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care. And I feel like that's what um, we try to do every day. So it's a, it's a great yeah. company to work for. I love it. 23 years. Um, just love it. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I have a similar story. When I was, when my firstborn was born, her, uh, she's 14 now. So 14 years ago when she was born, I think, uh, I think she was born on a Thursday and I was planning on taking off like Thursday, Friday and Monday. You know, this was mm -hmm. before t paternity leave and all that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and so I was kind of new to the company. And so I think I took off Thursday, Friday and Monday. And then after that, I was, I was back to work and I had a newborn and life was very different because of that. And, uh, and we got back to work. Um, yeah. but it was so funny because my boss at the time who has since passed away, um, and he was a really great man. Uh, his name was Jeff Stewart. And, uh, but my boss at the time, um, really, really, really great man. But, uh, he, he basically called me and said, Hey, Sean, um, you're taking three business days off and this is a life changing moment. Uh, this is, this is going to change everything. And, uh, I said, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of new and I've only got like, you know, three weeks of vacation time in the bank and, yeah. and such and blah, 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 blah. And, and yada, yada, yada. And he goes, look, uh, if, he's like, you're going to be out visiting agents and stuff, but he's like, I really, really expect you to be home, uh, you know, you know, halfway through the day so that you can spend time with this new baby and help your wife and, and do all that kind of stuff. And, and he's like, I, I really want you to do that. And, and I just, it was, it was amazing to have that, that, that family feel where they were going, Hey, we really want you to prioritize things in your life correctly so that, mm -hmm. uh, so that the company can benefit probably so much more later on down the road. Right. And, uh, and it just felt like, wow, the company really supports, uh, me making the right decisions uh, for me and my family. And of course, I, I mean, I'm sure I still work just as hard as I would have. And I'm sure I worked into the night and all that kind of stuff. But it was just one of those great moments where your boss comes to you and says, look, this is this there, there's there's the right way to do this right now. And the right way to do this right now is to make sure you're home in the afternoon and spending time and helping your wife and all that kind of stuff and being with your new baby and all that kind of stuff. It was pretty neat. It's so let me ask you. Yeah, yeah. It changed my life. It changed my life. That story. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely impactful. And, uh, and to this day, I mean, I remember when I heard about uh, Jeff Stewart passing, I mean, I, I just sat at my desk and was just sitting there going, he was a boss that meant so much to me. Um, uh, as I went through my, my young years of, 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 of navigating insurance. And so you're absolutely right. Very, very, very impactful. But that was um, let me ask you, that was 30 seconds. I mean, 30 seconds, right. all the things he probably taught you, but that 30 second, conversation changed your probably view on 
the comp, yep. you know, who you're working for, what you wanted to do in the industry and how you wanted to be as a leader. And, you know, sometimes absolutely. I think we forget as leaders, we can impact people in 30 seconds. And I'm sure I've made you're this. Right. I haven't done it. So that's an awesome and powerful story. And I love it. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, you know, you got a really great point. As leaders, uh, 30 seconds of, of empathy and 30 seconds of, of uh, just life advice kind of helps set somebody down a road that uh, that I'll remember for the rest of my career for sure. Um, let me ask you just one other shameless plug. Uh, yeah, I've interacted with Mark Bourbon a couple times. He seems like yeah. a really cool guy. Uh, how how cool is Mark Bourbon in real life? <laughs> He's he's really cool. He is what you know. What you guys see um, is what you get. I mean, he, that's just who he is. Um, every time I've interacted with him, uh, he is a Colorado guy. Went to UNC, yeah. and and so I think uh, Colorado holds a special place in his heart. I don't want to speak for him, but uh, yeah. no, I mean, you see him if you he presented at your guys's event and different things. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, seen him present at different things, and and he is he's just he's genuine. Um, what I would tell you, he's super intelligent. He's super personable, and he's. Yeah. Real. Um, you can ask him questions off the cuff anytime and he'll answer them. Um, he'll answer them honestly. And he's just a great leader. We're lucky to have him lead our PNC organization. Um, but yeah. yeah, he is. He is what he is. He's, he's You get what you get. And he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. So uh, shameless plug for him as well, or uh, whatever, whatever that was. I don't, I'm too new at uh, podcasting to even know what is a plug or not a plug or, or an advertisement or not an advertisement. I'm just like, okay, that's, uh, let's, 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 uh, let's keep moving on. So um, we're, we're going to get into our five, our five pillars, and I'm just going to kind of ask you some high level stuff about the five pillars, and then we're going to, we're going to call it a wrap, but, uh, okay. but Sounds now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes, but uh, our five pillars, it starts with pipeline. So how agents fill their pipeline. So um, maybe, maybe let's start this question or this specific pillar of how agents fill their pipeline with, uh, you know, what are some of the most creative ways you've seen agents fill their pipeline? Um, maybe as we've gone into this new COVID world. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could say over the course of your whole career, these are some of the coolest things that I've seen to fill agents, how agents fill their pipeline. But maybe more specifically, you know, ever since COVID hit, people have had to fill their pipeline a little bit differently. This is what I'm seeing is pretty cool. Yeah, this is a tough question um, because, I know. Uh, you know, it's, it, to your point, uh, it's tough to see that. And sometimes, um, you know, just doing virtual calls and different things, we miss out on some of that and we don't get to do that. So um, for yeah. me, you know, how do agents feel their pipeline? I can kind of start with that. I think the most creative okay. stuff usually comes around COIs, uh, uh -huh. you, know, you know, finding different groups of influence that they can um, generate customers from and add value yeah. to some creative yeah. partnerships from that standpoint. Um, and then the other aspect of kind of the ingenious stuff is more just around the uh, digital um, obtaining of clients, lead generation, utilizing yeah. unique resources and, and kind of some of them that kind of take a little bit of a tech. We have a couple agents uh, you know, out there that take a little bit, have a kind of a tech background, but got into insurance sure, sure. family stuff. Sure. And they do some really creative things out there and in, in driving leads and, and capitalizing on leads and turning them off and turning them on and, and how they do that stuff. So that's probably yeah. the most creative without giving away too many of their secrets from an agency. Yeah, standpoint. right. Of course. Of course. Um, but generation to me has to be 
you have to get it from multiple different ways. You have to stay true to who you are and your expertise, but you also yeah. have to take chances to get outside of your comfort zone and not be afraid to, to fail. But I think COIs are probably the, the, the biggest influence on generating great partnership and, and leads and, and partnerships with those COIs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah centers of influence. What's more yeah. I don't know. Over the course of my career, I've seen some pretty interesting stuff. You know what's really, I should say this, uh, just, <laughs> I, I, I forgot all about this. I just thought about this for the first time. I'm, I'm, I'm looking across the street at a parking lot. And, uh, um, but you know what's interesting is one of the coolest things I've ever seen anybody do from a marketing perspective. This is, and, and it happens to be nationwide, but I'm shocked. I'm, I just remembered this. <laughs> I remember once, I'm uh, in this brand new parking lot, brand new black asphalt, brand new gorgeous parking lot, and every single one of the parking lines in the parking lot. Have I told you this before? Every single one of the parking lines in the parking lot. So you know how parking lots, uh, brand new black asphalt, and then white parking lines for the entire parking lot, right? Um, Nationwide must have somehow must have somehow sponsored the laying of the asphalt or the painting of the white lines because every single one of the white lines in the parking lot, um, instead of it just being a blank white line for where the cars should park in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of car stalls, it was nationwide is on your side with the nationwide logo. And the whole parking lot was paved over and, and then painted uh, with the, the parking lines. And I thought, this is absolutely amazing. It's probably like five acres of parking lot and, and nationwide logo is all over this parking lot over and over and over and over and over on every single parking stall. That's completely beside the point. That has nothing to do with filling the pipeline, but, uh, but it was, it, I just thought of it and I didn't want it to, I didn't want that thought to fall out of this, uh, this conversation, but it was absolutely genius. I absolutely loved it. So I thought you were going to um, say Pete Manning showed up in the parking lot or Dale Earnhardt Jr. Or something. I, didn't, I didn't know where you were going. No, this was, this was before that. Uh, this was probably 15 years ago, but, uh, okay. uh, uh, yeah, but it was genius. It was absolutely genius. By the way, uh, those 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 uh, spokespersons are are absolutely genius, and your guys' commercials are genius. It's all it's all very wonderful and genius. But uh, I would say I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you a specific example. One agent uh, I met, um, he would simply go to the high school. He would go to a high mm-hmm. school, and uh, and he would say he would have a Miller envelope, and he would go to the principal and say, "Hey, look, principal, I know you're hurting for money." Every school district's hurting for money. They want more money. I want to, you know, in the welcome to school packet or whatever, here's a, um, here's the manila envelope with the school emblem on the manila envelope. And for, you know, if, if they fill out this, this questionnaire on the inside, um, and for every questionnaire you get back and you get into my hands or whatever, or, you know, whatever, I don't, I don't know exactly how it works, but for every one of these, um, you know, quote sheets that I get back, I'll give the school 10 bucks or 15 bucks or five bucks or whatever it was. I don't know what it was, but uh, so that would go out in the welcome packet of, of this high school. And so every single student would take that home to their parent. And of course it said something like, Hey, if you fill this out, we're going to donate money back to the school. And, uh, and the principal or somebody at the school district was like, yeah, I need the money and this is great. And so that would fill the agent's, uh, quote pipeline, right? So the agent uh, mm-hmm. would just simply sit back and wait for those to come rolling in. Uh, the community felt great about it because the community was happy they were supporting the school and getting money in the school's pocket and in the school's coffers. 
I think the school leadership was sitting there going, this is great because, um, because uh, we are hurting for money and we don't get enough funding from the state and so on and so forth. So I thought that was genius. Uh, that agent uh, supposedly was having so much success with it that he was actually implementing it school after school after school and in multiple schools. Um, and the deliverable, like the just the way it was delivered, I thought it was cool. But uh, um, that was pretty neat. I thought that was pretty freaking neat. I also think that that takes a unique person too, right? I mean, how many agents do you know, Ben, that would have the guts to go sit down with the administration of a school and be like, look, this is, this is what I'm, I'm planning on doing. It's yeah. pretty gutsy. I got a pretty mm -hmm. gutsy proposal for you. I mean, that, that takes a hardcore salesperson. You don't have to answer that question, but that takes a hardcore mm -hmm. salesperson to, yeah. to sit down and put that campaign together and then say, I, and I, and I have the guts to go pitch that and I'm not scared to go pitch that and let's go do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many agents will listen to this podcast and go, that's a good idea. Uh, but there's no way I would ever do that. That's, that's scary stuff, you know? And, uh, to me, I'm a sales guy. I, that's, that's, that's who I am. So to me, I'd go, ah, yeah, let's go do that. And let that sounds amazing. Let's go try it. But I bet you 90% of the agents hear that and just go, Ooh, that's, that's scary. That that's crazy. That, that would be a scary place to go do that, that tactic, that thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. And I love, I remember when you rolled out the pillars and, and, and you guys walked through them and, and pipeline being one of them. And I think that's probably the biggest, I think you asked me um, at one time, and maybe we'll get into it here, you know, what do great agencies do? And great agencies are excellent yeah. at filling their pipeline, um, never yeah. letting it go. Every now and then it goes down a little bit, but they are always thinking of ways to fill the pipeline. Yeah. And you, you can't hit a goal without a pipeline in anything we do. If your pipeline yeah. isn't yeah. full, you're not going to achieve your goals and, and, you know, it got to be diverse with it. You got to stay true to who you are, but then also be diverse with yep. it and take a chance and don't be af afraid to fail and try something new. And to me, that's what pipeline fill uh, pipeline yeah. management is all about is, is, is being creative and trying to do those things. That's a great story. And yeah. Great idea. And it's the most, it's probably the most important thing is, uh, an agent can do to, to be successful. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Uh, I made a video a long time ago and to your point, Ben, it's, 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 uh, it, it's the same point, which is, well, my point in the video was agents should be great salespeople, right? They shouldn't be struggling with how do I fill my pipeline, right? That, that, that should be like second nature to them. They should be going out there and getting, uh, no's, 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 yeses, yeses, no's, no's, yeses, yeses, no's, no's, no's. And they should drive off of all of that. And so an agent in my mind, if they're listening to this and they're going, I just don't know how to fill my pipeline. I just am not really good at it. Uh, I'm really, I just would, it's like, that's the first step of, of being an agency owner and entrepreneur of, you know, I'm going, if, if you were to make the decision tomorrow, I'm going to be an agency owner and entrepreneur. Uh, and, and somebody said, okay, the first thing you have to do is, is it be relentless about creating and having a, a pipeline. And if your answer to that question was, oh, I just don't know if I would be comfortable doing that, then that would be the first indication of, well, then I'm not sure you're going to be a really great insurance agent ever because, because you're always going to have to go out there and create uh, a, a, a never-ending pipeline of at-bats, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you're right. I think the best agents in the whole industry are really, really great at creating and filling a pipeline. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I love it when an agent well, tells me I can't even keep up with the leads. You know, I, I have so oh, many. I love it when somebody says that. Yeah, we have we have an agency like that, and they they just can't get an. I mean, they can't 
get on the phone or reach out to these clients enough. They have so many leads coming in because of all yeah. the diverse things they do in the marketplace. Yeah. You know, they do everything and, and how they market and digitally, you know, TV, um, COIs, all these different yeah. things. They're so diverse. So their pipeline never goes dry no matter what happens. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, which is neat, by the way, but it's also that so that's only the first step, right, is uh, mm-hmm. being being awesome enough to be able to fill your pipeline indefinitely. So mm-hmm. uh, so that kind of bleeds into the next uh, the next one, which is sales. So let's get into sales. Um, what attributes uh, do you see in the most successful agencies as it relates to sales? Um, I just, uh, I, I mean, for me, it comes down to anything in life being successful. So they, you know, they just got to be driven. They got to be highly competitive. Um, they got to be, um, um, knowledgeable, charismatic. Um, you look at people want to do business with people, um, that they can connect with quickly. So that ability to sit there and, and look and say, okay, this is what this customers look for. How can I connect with them? How do I make it about them, not about me? Um, to me, that charisma, the knowledge base, the you know, the drivenness, but then also just a positive attitude, because um, you can't. Uh, you get a lot of no's in that in in your guys's world. You know, agents. It's not yeah. an easy job. We sit here and say, oh yeah, here's the answers. It's easy to do and everything. It's a really hard thing to do, and you know that's why you know some of my best relationships are on the company side or some of those agencies that I watch build their books from scratch. Um, but right. all those agencies had those that drive the positive attitude, not to get down by a no. Um, and just yeah. a desire to, to be an expert in their area. So, you know, be an expert with all the companies you do business with, be an expert with what your clients want. What is your marketplace? Um, does the customers I'm going after match the relationships, my best relationships with the companies I have? Because if your best companies are two or three companies and the customers you're going after don't fit those two or three customers, it's probably not going to work real well and your success right. rate is not going to be great. So, you know, just being an expert, you know, in your marketplace, um, you know, internally, externally, and, and after your customers. So to me, those are the attributes they have to have, um, you know, uh, that's that's kind of what it comes down to I, for me. I love that. Uh, I love that how you said highly competitive. Uh, it's so funny because growing up, I never considered myself to be a super competitive person, and my friends would always be like, "What are you talking about? You're like the most competitive guy on earth. Like you, everything you do is is uh, is a competition." And uh, um, but I think you're right. I think. Uh, you know, what's funny is I think a lot of people think that they're going to become an independent insurance agent because they represent X amount of brands. They don't ever have to be a, a, a salesperson, right? And uh, and it's interesting to me because, you know, in, in insurance specifically, no matter how many price points you represent or how many products you represent, you're still going to have to sell the policy. You're still going to have to, to talk to the client and consult with the client and talk about what the last agent was doing for them and not doing for them and, and sell them through that process. And, uh, and so I, I think a lot of folks underestimate, uh, how much selling actually goes on in the independent insurance agency equation. Um, let me ask you just one other question as it relates to sales. Go ahead. Sorry. Really quick, really quick. I have a follow up to that. Cause you, you brought something up. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion. I know my opinion from yeah. the company yeah. side. I wanted to get your opinion. You brought up, sure. I, you know, I have a bunch of independent carriers, so it's going to be easy. So you brought up a bunch of independent carriers. And I think yeah. that's kind of a, a myth as well in the industry. 
Um, yeah, I know where you're headed of, and I agree yeah. where, you're, where you're going. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people think independence is I just got a bunch of companies. That's why I'm independent. Yeah. To me, independence is I own my own business. I get to dictate yeah. what I want to do, the markets I want to go after, the customers, my game plan, the niches I want to get into. All, I get to determine my business and then I get to go yeah. to companies and say, this is what I'm doing. Can you help me or can you partner with me? So to me, independence yeah. is ownership and direction. And you could have one company and be the best independent agency out there or yeah, you could have that's a great point that's a great point so i didn't know if that's your thought from an agency side and and, and or what yeah no that's a really great point you know i think a lot of times you know at least in my role we talk about helping captive agents who represent only one product leave their their captive mm -hmm. environment and go independent mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. so we naturally default to the definition of representing more than one product but I love your definition of independence because, because a lot of captive agents are saying, yeah, I wasn't independent because my district manager told me that I had to be at my office or, or keep my office open on Friday afternoon at four o'clock. When I thought I was a business owner and I thought I was an entrepreneur and I thought I didn't have to leave my business open at four o'clock on Friday afternoon, I thought I could leave my office and run up to the mountains and go start my weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. But because I was not independent, I didn't have the ability or the freedom to go do that. You know, maybe because I belong to, um, well, I just belong to an equation that had me stuck at my desk. Right. so I couldn't run my business the way I wanted to run my business. And so I wasn't independent in that nature. Um, but it's a really good, it's a really good point then because I, I, I we frequently default to, independence as one carrier versus lots of carriers. And I love your, uh, I love you helping me have that paradigm shift of, well, let's not think about it as a number of carriers. Let's think about it as your, your ability to be an entrepreneur the way you want to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And and I think you make a really, really great point about that because you're absolutely right. There are independent insurance agents that choose to do business with one or two or three carriers and they're running their business exactly the way they want to do it as an independent insurance agent. So it's a really good point. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so let's move on to retention. Um, let me ask this question. Um, what do you think the carrier's role is in an agency's retention? And what do you think the agent's role or the agency's role is in retention? Um, I think we share in it. Um, we're both equally yeah. um, responsible uh, for uh, the carrier's role. We have a significant role in it. Um, you yeah. know, if we don't handle a claim well, that's going to be a tough, tough client to retain. If retain, we don't provide, yeah. we, we don't provide great customer service, that's going to be a, a tough, you know, a tough customer for you to retain. Um, and yeah. then on the other side of it, consistency um, and offerings. Um, we have to be at the forefront of the industry. And I'm super proud of all the things we offer as an organization. You really, mm -hmm. there's not, you can't go out there, you know, and anybody has something we don't have usually in some part of our organization, yeah. Um, yeah. financial, you know, high net worth, uh, commercial lines, personal lines, everything we do as an yeah. organization. Yeah. Um, and then even getting down to this singular customer, you know, having the technology, um, that the customers need, having you know, smart miles, smart ride, different things to help you as an agent sell, um, to help you as an agent retain, to have educated conversations. We have to provide those 
state of the art things that help you do that. And then lastly, you know, kind of as I look to the future, um, I look at technology from a service standpoint, you know, you know, are we provide, is, is our app good? Are, you know, are we being right. able to have my daughter do something because that's what she does. She want to call somebody. She wants to have an app. So I think our yeah. role is huge. And the agent's role is um, to make sure they partner with the companies that are going to do that. Um, you know, if they put their client in somewhere, they know that's going to be volatile or might not have all those things, they might have to move that client or they may lose that client. And I think the biggest thing uh, from my standpoint, and I could be wrong, I've never been an agent, so I'm not pretending to be one. I'm not saying, but from my, you know, I ask agencies questions all the time that are really good at retention. And they always tell me, you know, it, 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 price really doesn't have anything to do with it. It does for some customers. Um, it's, yeah. it's about the services I provide. It's about the relationships I provide. And I think agents sometimes underestimate, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the relationship side of things and people do business with them because they're taking care of them and they know they can go to them and trust um, and trust what, what they're going to provide them. So I think it's, I think we share in that equally. Um, you know, from that yeah, I agree. We have to give you the tools. We have to give you the tools to retain that client. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree completely. Uh, I definitely think it's a symbiotic relationship as it relates to retention. Um, you know, it's always, it's always, it's always amazing to me to ask the question. So uh, a lot of times I'll sit in front of an agent panel or I'll be in front of a room of agents and, uh, you know, 50, 60, 100, 120, 150 agents and say, okay, everybody, you know, raise your hand at the appropriate time or, or in the panel. I, uh, you know, I love asking the question, where's the line in the sand? Where do you reshop a policy? You know, after mm-hmm. a 5% renewal, raise your hand, mm-hmm. you know? After after a ten percent rate increase, raise your hand. After a fifteen percent rate increase, raise your hand. After a twenty percent rate increase, raise your hand. And uh, and it's always really really interesting to see the response to that. And uh, and and it, it's it's always higher. The line in the sand is always higher than I expect. Um, it's also really really interesting. So so let's just say generally speaking, agents will say, yeah, unless it's a twenty percent rate increase, mm-hmm. we're probably yeah. not going to proactively do a ton of work on this thing. Um, it's also equally as interesting to me. So it's interesting to me how large of a percentage answers the question on the high end of that line in the sand. Um, it's also incredibly interesting to to me to see what agents raise their hand, you know, on the incredibly low end. So, Hey, okay. So everybody in the room, raise your hand. If you shop every single renewal, every single time, it doesn't matter how much the rate increase. And it's a small percent of agents who raise their hand, but it's always interesting to me to see which agents raise their hand because I'm going, yeah, uh, what, you know, just really quickly profiling. That's why you're not growing. You know, that's, that's, that's why you're stuck because you're spending a lot of time spinning your wheels, uh, working on retention or, or working on a hundred percent retention, which is never going to happen. And, uh, and, and you're not spending your time where the rest of these agents are spending their time on, which is new business sales or something along those lines. Yeah, no, that's a great call out. And um, I think it depends on the customer too. You know, you, yeah. you're, it, yeah. my agent should never shop me. I'm never going to move. I love the company I work for. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. but I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. once had an agent when I, one of my moves after the first year sent me a email with three quotes and 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 my renewal and said, hey, I could save you. It was like $100. I could save you a hundred bucks if you wanted to move over. And I'm, and I literally was like, uh, 
we probably do you realize what I do first of all so uh, you, yeah, know, right. that, you know just <laughs> ask questions but um, you know there, you got to know your customer and one of the agents that I talked to that's really has some of the strongest retention I've ever yeah. seen they use their initial sales process questions in order to sell mm-hmm. but then they use them as uh, how do they then treat that customer at renewal you know they start oh, to ask, like how that. do they want how do they want to be communicated with you know yeah. they ask them all these questions not about price not about coverage yeah. as we start with yeah. relationship and yeah. how do you do that that could backfire sometimes some people say i don't have time for this um but yeah. for the most part then you're not getting a customer a customer you want anyway so um they use that and then they kind of profile that customer to know what that customer was and how they came in to how they treat that customer in the future um yeah. i know there's a lot of characteristics and in, in crms that help with that as well um but i think yeah. that this agency does it from a you know just a quick little thing and that way they always have it in their management system when they're looking at that client and they know which client they don't have to worry about and they you know not all yeah. clients want to be it. I, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. You know, I don't want somebody to call me and try to sell yeah. me something. I'm happy with the company I'm, I'm with. So, um, yeah. you know, one of the questions they ask is, you know, do you want me to reach out to you every year? Nope. If I have an issue, I'll reach out to you. Boom. They right. the thing and they never right. call that client. I, I love know, that. See, I, paying, I love that. Maybe a quick something to say, Hey, happy birthday or something like that, but not yeah. an important yeah. touch. So, yeah. Yeah. Insurance isn't important to me. Call me once every five years and make sure I'm dialed in the way I'm supposed yeah. to be dialed in. Other yeah. than that, leave me alone. Yep. Uh, yeah, I love that. Or yeah, I, I pinch every single penny in my household. Please call me every single year and make sure yep. that I have yep. the best deal uh, and Absolutely. the best coverage, right? Uh, I love that. You know, and, and, and you know what's interesting about that, Ben, is I often talk about um, what activities do agencies have that make them $10 an hour agencies or a $10 an hour agent versus $100 an yeah. hour agent, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, th- what you just said is perfect because it, it tells the agency Focus on these clients because they want this. Communicate with these clients this way because that's what they've told us they want. And don't waste time on these clients because they've told us not to waste time on them. And it's it's really quite genius. It makes, it, you know, the agency has created a process that hopefully makes them a hundred dollar an hour agency versus or a hundred dollar an hour agent versus a ten dollar an hour agent. And I, I absolutely love that example. And I would tell you, uh, that's not just an agent issue. <laughs> that's a company issue yeah. as well. You know, I have to, yeah. you know, our, my team talks about that all the time and, and, yeah. and we hold each other accountable to, you know, why, why are you involved in that? That That's not your job. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, involve, yeah. involve somebody that um, that's their job. That's their expertise. They're so much more efficient at it. Um, you yeah. know, we have those same things and they call me out on it. You know, my own team, I'll call yeah. them and say, Hey, what about this? And they'll say, why are you calling me on that? You know, that's not going <laughs> to help my agent. That's not going to help the customer. I'm like, Oh yeah, great idea. Right. Yeah. That, my yeah. Bad. yeah, yeah. You, you know, having that willingness to say, it's not just an agent. Thing on that aspect of it, it's a company yeah. thing too, and we need to keep looking internally to make sure we're doing that same thing to, to help you guys not get into that mode. As yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. All right, so that was retention, uh, carrier yeah. relationships. So this is a softball question. You should uh, this <laughs> this one's a piece of cake. So um, um, I'm going to ask it this way: What is an example? Uh, what's the right way to ask this? Carriers always talk about. Uh, partnership, 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 partnership. Mm-hmm. So, um, what does what does an incredible partnership look like between Nationwide and an agency? How does that symbiotic relationship function um, so that Nationwide goes, yeah, we love them, and there's a very meaningful partnership. Who, who, what does Nationwide get out of that partnership? What does the agency get out of that partnership? 
what is what does that look like you, you know if you know you don't have to use the agency name but if in your head you're sitting there going okay our best partnership i have in of all of the agents that roll up to me the best partnership is fill that blank in your head what does that symbiotic relationship look like between you and that agency what are you getting from that relationship what are they getting from that relationship well, just write all your business with us. No, I'm just kidding. That is, that's, you know, that's, uh, no, I, yeah. for me, it's, 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 um, being able to help each other through everything that we do in all aspects. It's, it's having yeah. an open dialogue. Obviously it's profitably growing with us as an organization, partnering with our yeah. team, underwriting teams, um, to, to write good business and, and have a profitable book and, and generate revenue off that book and take care of the customers as well. We want yeah. independent agents are the face of our organization. Um, yeah. and so we want people that are partnered in selling it and, and care about it as much as we do. Um, but for me, it's just having an openness. It's, it's being able to, to go to an agency and say, you know what? Um, we need, here's what we're looking for. Um, what are you doing? Can we fit together and can we mold that? So it, the best partnerships that um, we have are those agencies that say, here's what we're going to, here's what we're going to accomplish. Here's our goals. Here's where we need to be yep. and allow us to, they open up enough to us to allow us to help them capitalize and achieve those goals to where they're yep. hitting goals. We're hitting our goals, but then ultimately we're both taking care of the customer because um, ultimately yeah. they're the ones who we're trying to protect here. Um, and then also just honest feedback, you know, some of our best relationships, they can be, they can be tough at times. You know, we might have to do something yeah. in a market from a market standpoint because something happens and we have to go to them and ask them for help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, I think when you got a good partner, it's, it's not even, uh, it's not adversarial on purpose, right? It, it's, no, it's never, no, it's no, like, no, Hey, no, we're, we're, we're both gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 uh, we want to, we want to make sure that we're all wrestling towards the same objective. Right. And, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's two brothers wrestling together. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's two yeah. guys going, Oh yeah. man, I just, uh, yeah. you just, you just punched me in the ribs, but, uh, but yeah. it's really still two brothers wrestling going, we're, yeah. we're still just trying to get to the same place and get the same objective. Uh, uh -huh. we're all just wrestling towards that objective together. And so, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think you explained it quite nicely. That's a cool thing about um, the independent world though. You know, and you got to experience it on both sides. But to me, yeah. that's the coolest thing is, is we don't have to be perfect for each other. We get to find yeah. the few things sometimes that make us perfect together and focus right, on right. those. And that's the cool part about it. So, yeah, um, th that's a really that's good a, point, too. Like you guys yeah. focus on that because you have the scale and the ability to make that yeah. good and great. Yeah. And we'll focus on this and we'll, ha yeah. we'll we have the scale and the ability to make this good and great. And you partner up those strengths together and it equals a pretty sweet relationship, right? Yeah. And it's okay sometimes if we don't, I mean, sometimes they don't match yeah. up. And I remember I've rolled into an agency once and prospected. I'm like, why don't we have this agency appointed? I walk in and all they do is airplane insurance pretty much. And I'm sitting yeah, there going, so, I probably spent two hours in that agency because I was so intrigued by how the heck do you get into airplane selling airplane right, insurance? Right, 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 right. And I, that was probably one of the funnest two-hour calls I've ever had. Never would have. We had no yeah. opportunity in there, but I learned a ton, yeah. and it was a lot yeah. of fun. Anyway, that's yeah. kind of random. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I love it. it. Yeah. Well, th I think that's one reason why we stay in insurance, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've been in insurance for 23 years now. 
you've never rolled up into an uh, uh, an aviation insurance agency, and now you're going, <laughs> geez, cool. uh, this is this is going to be incredibly ever. beneficial yeah. to my career just by sitting yeah. and uh, and learning for the next two and a half hours about yeah, this, uh, awesome. this specific segment awesome. I've never played in. All right. Uh, last but not least, agency operations. So maybe let's go back to the concept of a ten dollar an hour agent versus a hundred dollar an hour agent. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it all comes down to agency operations and probably processes that uh, that support that agent being a hundred dollar an hour agent or uh, that agent being a ten dollar an hour agent. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, let's just. I don't even know if I want to ask a question. Just what are agencies doing? that you've seen that make them $100 an hour agents versus $10 an hour agents? What are common pitfalls that make them $10 an hour agents versus $100 an hour agents? And, uh, um, you know, what are they proactively doing to make them better? What are, what are some agents, what are pitfalls that some agents fall into that make them, um, uh, you know, generate less income for the agency? Yeah, for me, it's all about, you know, are they focused on sales? Are they focused on new business? Yeah. Are they focused on growth? Yeah. Are they focused on requoting a policy that went up 2% to your point? You know, are, yeah. are they are they a service agency? Or are they a sales agency? And we have yeah. both. Both are out there in the industry. Some, yeah. you know, I, I know you guys have, have put a lot of time into service centers and different things um, internally yeah. as yeah. well. And, and um, yeah. you know, I think service, how we service the customer is important. I think agents that allow yeah. um, companies um, to service, to service digitally, um, yeah. self-serve, to use apps, to go online, and agents that can direct their customers to do that, not even call in um, or do it, you know, call in through an IVR and things like that. I think that's yeah. what, yeah. the more the agent can focus on new sales and let the customer digitally service themselves. First of all, you said, uh, you said something about service centers, and I do want to, again, shameless plug for for Nationwide, but Nationwide's done a ton, a ton over the last few years to make their service center uh, a dramatically different deliverable than what it was, you know, what, five years ago or whatever it was. I mean, if you've been gone in Scottsdale for how many, eight years? Six. Six, uh, six years. Um, yeah. Nationwide's been going through this great transformation about what their sales mm -hmm. center is and what it yeah. provides. And, and it's turned into this whole new amazing uh, juggernaut machine uh, deliverables, all of it. It's it's really really great. So uh, I think you. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that. But uh, appreciate that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. You know, there are things where th there are a lot of subtle things. You know, I I used this uh, analogy before. Why do we love Chick Fil A? Right, uh, and I've already said mm -hmm. this, but we love Chick. It's hard to say why we love Chick Fil A, and why 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 is the relationship. Why, why do I mentally go, I want to go to Chick-fil-A versus another fast food chain? It's going to cost me the same amount, maybe a dollar more, but I'm going to get, you know, 18 little subtleties, little itty, itty bitty subtleties mm -hmm. that I can't even pinpoint unless I mm -hmm. sit down and really think about it for a good solid hour. Okay, they do that and that is different. They do this and it's different, but they're just the tiniest little subtleties that make me want to go towards Chick-fil-A as opposed to go towards the other one. And, and I would also say it has to do with processes, right? They make certain, uh, they make a lot of these subtleties part of their processes that make them or help them generate more income, right? So, um, or, or that make the customer attracted to that specific chain, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there are agencies uh, out there that do really, really great at creating these little itty bitty subtleties 
that make customers go, I don't even know why I love my experience more with Amazon than I like my experience more with eBay, but I think I do. And, and I don't even know if the consumer can define what those subtleties are. Uh, they just know that there's a smoother path with a specific vendor or a specific uh, agency or specific deliverable. It all definitely comes down to processes and it all comes down to um, agent behaviors that I believe make them a $10 an hour agent or a $100 an hour agent. But, uh, but there are definitely some behaviors that make an agent a $10 an hour agent or a $100 an hour agent. And we spend a lot of time at Premier saying, hey, mm-hmm. what, what in your process makes you uh, makes your agency, uh, you know, have more revenue or less revenue and what makes your staff more valuable or less valuable. And what are the daily activities or processes that exist in your agency that make the agency, uh, a more valuable agency or a less valuable agency. So can I ask you a question? This is something I wanted to ask and it kind of popped into my head. Um, so how has COVID impacted that? Do you feel it's created more $10 and our agencies are more hundred, or do you feel yeah, it's just a you, mixture and it's it's the same as it's always been? That's a killer question, Ben. Uh, I would I, so I, this is my personal opinion. I don't have any data to back it up, but my personal opinion, and, and I work with you know four hundred fifty to five hundred agents, uh, you know, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that because of COVID, agents have slid have slid their processes or, or fine tuned their processes to make their processes more along the lines of that hundred dollar an hour agent, uh, that hundred dollar an hour agent, uh, road. So they've said in order to adjust to COVID, there are processes in our agency that have to adjust, but it's been all beneficial that have made them more streamlined, more, uh, more effective in communicating with their clients, uh, and all that kind of stuff. You know, but I will say, you know, there are, uh, so I talk about my wife in every single one of these uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day she was, she was writing a renter's policy. Well, we all know a renter's policy is going to pay her what, like 20 bucks in commission, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she went to a carrier. I won't name the carrier, but the carrier, the system was busted. So she put in all the information and uh, it goes time to like find out what the rate is and bam, the system's not working. Right. Okay, well, I'll try it again in a couple hours when maybe hopefully the system's magically working again, right? So she punches all the information in and it's not working. Okay, I'll call an underwriter and have them punch in all the information and tell me how much it's going to be. Oh, the system's not working. So I'll wait till tomorrow and see if the system's working. Mm -hmm. And she put in probably like four or five hours to get this this DAMN renter's policy and get a $20 thing. And, and it was an absolute waste of time. Well, what does that make her? It makes her a $10 an hour agent, right? As opposed to a hundred dollar an hour agent. And I think it comes down to what are the carriers also doing to help us on the agency side be hundred dollar an hour agents. Right. Uh, so, you know, if, if uh, this is, uh, you know, we'll leave names out of it again, but if a carrier is not making their system slick enough, to help an agent be a hundred dollar an hour agent, then the agent has to sit back and go, well, why am I placing business with that carrier? When I, Mm -hmm. when I do business with that carrier, it -hmm. turns into a, the the total time it takes for me to bind an auto home package umbrella, you know, pre bind, bind and, uh, and post bind is, uh, is a five and a half hour experience 
where I can do it with this other carrier and it's a, it's a 36 minute experience. Mm-hmm. Then as an agent, I'm going to say, I am, I want to be a hundred dollar an hour agent. I can be a hundred dollar an hour agent. If I, if I go with that 36 minute transaction time versus that five and a half hour transaction time. Right. So, um, so I think carriers need to help with that so that, mm-hmm. so that carriers go, yeah, I get it. You know, if I want to be a part of this agent's process and I want to help this agent be a hundred dollar an hour agency or hundred dollar an hour agent, um, and I want them to use us, then I got to get, I got to help them get, uh, the process shorter and shorter and shorter and faster and faster and faster. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and we talk about that a lot internally, uh, you know, yeah. bringing the agent experience, technology, utilizing technology and different resources yeah. um, to, to yeah. provide the agency. Um, you, know, you probably heard Bur- Mark Bourbon say that in, in some of his discussions yeah. and talks with agencies yeah. about, you know, technology, being a technology, lead in technology is a focus and it has to be. Yeah. So I think you're spot on. Thank you. Spot on. Yeah. I, you know, the funny part is I didn't know how you were going to answer that. Um, you know, I think the general, you would just, yeah, what do you think? Do you think they got better? Yeah, I do. I said, I, you know, I, yeah. I do. Cause I think originally, you know, a lot of people would say, Oh no, they, they went back to it because you know, they're not in person and things. I think they got right. better. I think agents got better at that. I think they yeah. uh, found ways to create pipeline, found ways to sell more policies. If you look at our business overall, it, you know, we, we had a great year last year in, in our yep. region and, and a lot of success. And I think the, the one thing is I look, where do we go from here as an industry is making sure we don't look back and just go back to the way things wa- were. Right. You know, how do we right. continue to be, um, continue to take the things we learned from COVID and utilize them in a virtual world while yep. going back? And, and so my team, we actually did, went kind of through a thing and said, okay, what did we, what, what was, you know, what? I asked them each to go through and say what worked really well when I was in person full time and what worked right. really well when I right. was virtual full time. And yep. how do we yep. marry those together to provide the best experience to our agency? And we're still working yep. through that. But I think as an industry, we need to do that as well as, as a company. And, you know, I talk about all the time. I don't, I'll never go back. I've done that in my own job and saying, you know, I'm not going to have to travel everywhere to see everybody. I get to be in four that di- we right. talk about this all the time. I get to be in four different states in one day, yep. you know, and, yep. and, you know, we, we get to meet, you know, families and, and different things. So it's just a, yeah. it's been a, it's been a tough thing, but it's also been a really cool thing. And I feel like we have yeah. better relationships because of COVID. My team never got on video for conference calls and they're all in the field. Now they're never <laughs> not on video. We would have ne- never, I mean, right, it's right. because we just did them conference calls and we didn't do video. Well, COVID hits and all of a sudden we do video all the time. Well, why weren't right. we doing video prior to that? Just because they were right. out of the field. I feel like I know my team better now through COVID right. than when I'm traveling with them. And, you know, their kids are sitting on their laps and they're trying yep. to be and we're laughing and having a good time. And I think it's been great for team engagement, but it's also been yep. great for relationships as well. You know, what's funny about that? Uh, uh, you know, what's funny about that is nationwide specifically. So uh, we get on a call with Nicole and she's amazing. So uh, shout out to Nicole, but uh, yeah. um, Nicole frequently gets other resources from nationwide on our phone calls. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times, a lot of times that wouldn't be able to be possible in a, in a not COVID world. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would be possible many times, but, but many times it wouldn't be as possible with as much consistency. So, Hey, I really want to have 
these people on the phone. I'll, I'll use Amanda, for example, the product manager, yeah. right? Yeah. So let's get Amanda on the phone and let's talk through some stats and let's talk through some data and let's talk through some things. And, uh, and before, you know, it might be, Hey, I, we can't fly out six people for that hour long meeting just to have yeah. that meeting in your conference room. Right. Um, and, and sometimes you guys can, sometimes you guys can't, but with more consistency, we can get more, more, um, more stakeholders on the call to say, Hey, let's all dig into this together as a big team. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it's been a huge win for, uh, uh, you know, post COVID environment. We can, we can Mm -hmm. now say, Hey Ben, let's get, let's get all the people we need on this phone call. It won't cost nationwide a dime to fly anybody out and put them up in a hotel and spend a, you know, an hour in a, in a conference room. Let's just all get it done on a, on a conference call real quick. And uh, it's quite beneficial. That's awesome. I'm glad uh, I, it, I knew Nicole is doing that because uh, obviously uh, she walks through and, and shares stuff with the team. And um, that's cool to hear. And, and thank you for calling her out. She's a great sales leader, uh, not just yep. in our organization, but in the industry. And, and yeah. you know, example of somebody who cares, you know, kind of what we talked about that. And um, I'm yeah. just happy. To, I'm lucky to be on a team with her. I'm lucky to be on a team with her peers uh, that I get yep. enough to, to manage. So, yep. Yep. She's, she's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's wrap up. Let's, let's, let's okay. kind of do a quick wrap up because we've been going, uh, for quite some time and I don't want to, uh, take up too much more of your time, but, uh, yeah. let's, let's just ask a couple more questions. Uh, okay. um, so COVID's kind of coming to an end ish kind of mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. Everybody's getting vaccinated. A ton of people <laughs> are driving a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. I think 2020 was, you know, billions and billions of less miles mm-hmm. being driven. Let's just say everybody mm-hmm. gets back on the road in 2021 and, and those billions and billions of miles that weren't driven in 2020 come back in 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens? What happens to that, the, the loss ratio? What happens to, um, you know, what happens to the auto line as it relates to profitability? Do carriers get caught off guard? Are carriers aware that these billions of miles are going to be driven again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what happens to the auto line this year? Yeah, I, I think it, it'll it'll be interesting to watch. To be honest with you, we've um, yeah. I know we watch it on a regular basis. We look at to see what we're going to do. We try to plan for it. Um, you know, in our world, a lot of times you can't plan for some of that stuff. So, uh, right. but but I feel like with this we can. Um, you know, I think telematics have, will help us as well. While you know, for I think we need to sell more in the independent world. We we struggle with it a little yeah. bit at times, but the data we do have, I think, can provide us insight on where it's going and when it's ramping up and how do we protect yeah. against it. Well, the good news is, is I think COVID's helped us lower expenses as an industry from that yeah. standpoint on how we handle claims, on how we um, service customers, on you know yeah. how we go to market, where we put people. So yeah. you know, as that starts to climb, hopefully the expense savings we've realized will will help Help with that as well. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Expect the losses to go up a little bit, um, and then in, in turn drive some industry indications up as well. Um, you know, right now, if you look at the industry loss ratio on auto, I think it looks pretty good, and, and the TCR looks better. Um, property is probably where most of the you know pressure is in the industry right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we're seeing some more property uh, in uh, rate, and you know, maybe it's because people weren't driving their home all the time. You would think you know that would help uh, from certain right, types right. of losses. But does it hurt others? So, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. And, um, you know, I, Arizona, we've been kind of opened up for a bit and uh, it's, it's pretty yeah. busy. So, and will it ever go back to that? Because if you look at a lot of companies, 
Yeah, that's a great point. People continue to work from home. We're a prime example of that. You know, a, a big portion of our workforce will continue to work from home. Um, and, you know, so does it ever go back to those levels? Um, I don't know. That that's, well. a, yeah. that's a really, you know, multiple great points there. I mean, expense ratios. So we talked about what makes an agency a $10 an hour agent versus a $100 an hour agent. Uh, and how COVID made them, you know, slide more mm-hmm. towards that $100 an hour agent. You know, it's a great point because uh, insurance carriers have probably found points of profit in their expense mm-hmm. ratio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and to the extent that they've been able to evolve and and, uh, and find those points of profit as well, it'd be interesting to see carriers go, yeah, so we're going to get billions of miles more driven in 2021 and definitely going into 2020. But what percent of the workforce isn't going to go back? Uh, and then how many points of profit did we get to, to offset uh, the, the little the little jump in loss ratio that we expect to see? So that'll be, you bring up some really, really, really great points. Um, yeah. Mm. Dang, Ben. Now I'm going to have to get off this phone call and kind of go dig into that. Into that uh, well, and the other there. aspect of it is, you know, in, in a lot of, with COVID, companies have done the right thing in, in the industry and, and not yeah. taken much rate on the auto line and, and yeah, froze right. a lot of things. So, you know, yeah. you have to take the expense out of it a little bit to offset some of that lack of, yeah. uh, you know, revenue and things like that. So, um, you know, the expense savings will help us in, in the future. Um, and we needed, you know, as an industry, I'm talking industry-wide, not just nationwide. Yeah, sure, sure, the sure, industry is sure. doing, you know, a lot of these things. But, you know, nationwide, I feel like our leaders did a lot of great things to set us up for this and prepare. Um, pretty cool to think. I mean, you probably, you know, Kurt Walker took over as our president late last year, or I guess now yeah. it's been two years ago. It seems like it was late last year because of COVID. But You know, he's my colleague. He is. Well, within like three no, or four. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just you're kidding. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scare me like that. Kurt, Kurt's going to be like, what? I'm not that guy's cousin. I have nothing to do with that guy. <laughs> no, Kurt would probably laugh and, and and he would joke. Or This is how personable he is. He'd probably roll with it and then he'd tease me about it. Yeah, for the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, but, you know, remember Kurt, when we tricked everybody yeah. into thinking we were cousins? <laughs> so Kurt takes over this organization and then COVID hits. And you would have thought he was our president for 20 years. I mean, like I talked yeah, about the yeah. plans they had in place, getting people home initially quickly safely focused yeah, I and mean, yeah. they never once focused on the business they focused on our employees and yeah. you know it was just really cool to see and i'm guessing he didn't have that in his transition plan when he took over as our president and his leadership team uh, did the this exact same things and led us through it and you know our head of hr gail king who just announced she's retired she was awesome through the whole thing answering questions yeah. and, and things like that so it was cool to see the you know how how everybody reacted and i think it it made another reason to you know i kind of brought it up earlier why nationwide why do you love the organization and that's one of those yeah. reasons is how we treat people yeah. and how we handle tough situations so yeah, yeah. all right last question okay yeah. Um, uh, I'm nervous about this. What I don't if, know what, what, if, what if, No, this is easy. This is a piece of cake <laughs> question. This is a, a softball question, but right. somebody's new to the industry. They're coming in on yeah. the carrier side, maybe. They're coming in on the agency side. They're coming in on the broker side. They're just coming yeah. into insurance. Uh-huh. Uh, who knows where they're coming in? Maybe they're you 23 years ago, and they're coming mm-hmm. into claims. Yeah. Um, what advice do you give that young kid who's, who's stepping into insurance going, what the heck? I never expected to get into insurance. What is going on? What should I do here? Uh, what advice do you have for that young that young person? Um, first off, just enjoy it because it's not what you think it's going to be. Um, 
And, you know, for me, it's just become an expert and really work hard to gain the knowledge, not just of what you're doing, but other parts of the, the organization, career paths, get to know people, get some advocates for you. But the biggest thing is just work your tail off and do really good in the job you're in. Um, if you want to move up, if you want to do different things, you want to be successful, the biggest thing you can do is, is I, you know, we look and say, how are they doing in their current role? And if they're doing yeah. hard, and, you know, they're working hard, they have built relationships, you can tell they're doing the right things. That that makes them promotable. That makes them, um, their career path just sky's the limit. So um, yeah. that's the one thing that can derail a career is somebody who's not working hard in their current role, just worried about the next things they're doing. So I I always encourage people to work hard in their current role and be highly successful in that role, all while trying to get knowledge about the industry and, and become that expert you need to be. So, and then the yeah. last thing is don't be afraid to take a chance. Um, yeah. You know, don't be afraid to take a chance because if you fail, you know, it's all right. It's insurance. We'll figure it out. And um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll overcome it. And you know, it's what's a, you know, you, you don't remember the shots you don't take, you know, and right. you know, right. so take them, you know, that's shoot, shoot. So, that's what I would say. Yeah. Since you got a nuggets hat yeah. on, I can say that. <laughs> yeah, they're struggling a little bit this season, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's all really about great you? advice. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I. I think. Um, you know, I. I don't know. I, I personally have loved insurance from day one. It's an industry mm -hmm. where you can choose to learn every single day, day in and day out for your entire career. And the more knowledge that you acquire over the course of your career, the more valuable you become because, mm -hmm. um, because it takes an entire career to, to figure it all out. And, uh, um, insurance to me has just always been this wonderful, magical, really great world of, of never ending learning curve and knowledge. And so mm -hmm. for me, uh, for me, for people who like that, this is this is a perfect environment for that. The only other thing I'll say is uh, to what you said, it's not what you expect. So if you're a tech mm -hmm. person and you want to be a techie, geeky, techie person, well, insurance has that available for you. And if you want to <laughs> yeah. be a marketing person yeah. and you want to be uh, a you know a hardcore marketing you yeah. know entity, then uh, then you can do yeah. that in insurance as well. And if you want to uh, podcast you can podcast and if you want to do claims you can claims and if you want to do uh, underwriting you can do underwriting and there's just a million different avenues uh and a million different things that need to be insured that are you know if you love airplanes then then get, get yourself an insurance agency that sells uh uh aviation insurance and and there's there's so many different avenues that that you could say, yeah, I never thought I was going to get into insurance, but because I'm a humongous, you know, dot, 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 aviation person, uh, I fell into insurance that way, right? There's a million ways mm -hmm. to get into it and fall in love with it and uh, find out what you love in life and, and then find out how insurance relates to that love. You know? I, I will say, wasn't it eight or 10 years ago when we first met? And I think I, one of the first things I said is, I bet you're going to be a podcaster someday. I totally remember telling you that. I, I don't know it. about that. <laughs> I don't even know if podcasting exists. I know, exactly. <laughs> but uh, all I know is, uh, all I know is at some point I was like, okay, I guess we should probably do this. So let's, oh, let's get awesome. going. So it's cool. It's so cool. I appreciate you Ben being on with us. Uh, yeah. You 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 have always been a gentleman. I've always loved Same. interacting with you. We Same. love our partnership with Nationwide. You guys have done so many amazing things over the years, and uh, and uh, and we just love you guys so much. And uh, and um, that's it. That's all I got. Do you got anything left to say? 
nope just we appreciate the partnership as well so no thank you and thanks for having me on it was a lot of fun um all right cool so yeah have a good one we'll see you later catch you later bye-bye see you bud